It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, looking back at the first test at Lords and those exhilarating moments of commentary there, highlighting brilliant incidents from England's past. Uh, it wasn't an exhilarating moment at all uh, at Lords yesterday. We're recording this on Monday morning, actually, and in a way I think it's a good thing because I was extremely cross uh, yesterday. I was at Lords, uh, I was in the hospitality area, and I could just feel the annoyance, irritation, frustration, at times um, almost sort of perplexedness of the spectators, wondering why England wouldn't uh, take up the challenge of, of trying to chase that New Zealand uh, target that they'd set uh, quite gallantly. They threw down the gauntlet New Zealand and England didn't pick it up. And I thought that was really disappointing. It was welcome back to test cricket and crowds at the ground. The first test at Lords for a couple of years, it should have been a a celebration of cricket, and and yet it was actually rather a, a a miserable affair in the end. The way it sort of just petered out like that. What did you think? Well, I thought it was a really un, un, unsatisfying test match all round. Actually, I noticed Bumble on Twitter. He said quite one of the worst test matches I've seen, and I've seen a lot. And it's, it's fair to say he has seen a lot. It, it's interesting actually. Yesterday afternoon, when New Zealand declared and England started off, I I actually think thought that England wouldn't go for them. I just think I I thought they their game plan would be it's, it's too difficult the pitch is not straightforward on the last day if we try to win the match we'll lose it that's what I thought they would do I'm not saying I thought that's what they should do but I was with Michael Vaughan I was with Vic Marks you know, just chatting off air and both of them were saying well they, they've got an obligation to go for it haven't they I mean New Zealand has, have set down the challenge it's not a world test championship test uh, crowds are back uh, England have talked about trying to you know win every match this summer Joe Root talking about trying to entertain the crowds. 
And it, it, you're right, it, it just went flat. So it, it's funny, actually, I didn't think they would, but I, I thought they should have been a bit more proactive, at least given themselves a, a chance to, to have a go later. But it was all a real sort of hard-nosed uh, professional, if you like, if you want to call that word. It was just like old-fashioned approach to, to test match cricket, really. And I can understand those people who thought, this is pretty, this is pretty dull. Why, come on, at least at least show some willing. Mm. Um, but they yeah. thought, well, if we go for it, we'll, we'll lose the game. And that, that was what Joe Root was, was saying afterwards. And that, 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 was, that was the old-fashioned approach, wasn't it? I mean, it was. You know, and, bo- and it's, it's sort of just against the spirit of the game. I think it's really... I was really disappointed. I thought, actually, Joe Root was was better than that. And I know that it's tough being England captain and they've, they're on the back of losses in, in India and that heavy uh, series defeat and sort of sliding down the World Test Championship table and also batsmen who, who got a duck in the first innings and inexperienced batting order generally. Lots of uh, names not available for this Test match like Butler and Stokes and so on who would obviously have, have made a, a better fist of it. But still... I just thought it, the, the, the whole attitude was was poor, and it really got into the to the crowd. And I was mingling around the, the boxes mm. in the grandstand, and generally people were quite frustrated. I had to actually tell one of my friends to stop a very loud, uh, a slow hand clap and a bit of barracking. Um, the the biggest applause was when a man put his um, uh, sort of rain jacket on the wrong way round, and that was a, the biggest applause of the day. And sort of ironic applause when the ball went for a boundary. Off a, off a thick edge. And the thing is, what what really annoys me about a, a situation like that is, firstly, New Zealand took a, a bit of a risk. You know, they threw down the gauntlet, they said to England, go on, then chase it. Said, this make a nice afternoon's cricket, be entertaining for everyone and uh, a good challenge. And, you know, I don't think England learned anything from yesterday at all. It, it's all very well to, to stay in and, and show that you've got fight and grit. But if you're not... Being really, uh, I mean, surely the objective of a batsman is to make runs. It's not to stay at the crease. You've got to make runs, and you've got to make runs under pressure as well to to prove yourself. So to me, Sibley making whatever he was sixty in one hundred and seventy balls, two hundred and seven balls, two hundred and seventy overs of batting. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he proved anything except he can. He's got a good defence, but so what? It doesn't matter. You. You know, if you're planning for, say, winning the Ashes, you've got to be able to have players who can perform under pressure in run chases, in difficult situations. There was no difficulty about that situation. The pitch was a tiny bit tricky, but only against the new ball. It wasn't a, a difficult pitch, period. And I, I think England learned nothing. It was like they were just having a net. And there was no purpose. There was no intent you know, even just quite try and play a quick single. We're not talking about going and trying to smash it. I mean, the, the required run rate was only 3.6. They could have had a go. They could have been a bit more purposeful, even at the start, just knocking singles around and putting the bowlers under pressure. And, of course, the other thing is, you know, Joe Root and others might have said after the game, well, the pitch was a bit tricky. If you put bowlers under pressure, they don't mm. bowl as well. Yeah. So I thought England really missed a massive opportunity and it was really disappointing. Yeah, I can, and I can totally understand that viewpoint. Uh, it, 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 it just that bit more proactive at the crease, really. Yeah, 
I, I mean, Dom's, I think, interesting one, Dom Sibley, there was a rather sort of sheepish raise of the bat for his half century. Um, but presumably, if he was sort of batting under orders, uh, then the innings was, was perfectly OK because he, he did what he, he set out to do. I mean, Joe Root afterwards said, well, we, you know, we, we, we went into it with an open mind. But, I mean, it didn't look to be a no, particularly it didn't look like that open mind. I, I actually mean, watched f- it quite carefully. I completely yeah. agree with you. I watched that first 10 overs and to see if there was any, you know, in, interest in just, you know, pushing for a quick single, looking yeah. for a run here and there. And there wasn't. It was all about studious defence. And, and negativity and you know what's kind of quite ironic in a way is obviously I'm you know I'm making this World Cup documentary at the moment and New Zealand are so influential in England's reinvention in one day cricket you know firstly the way they absolutely hammered them in Wellington in the 2015 World Cup and then the friendship of Brendan McCullum and, and Owen Morgan encouraging England to, to totally open a new chapter in the way they played and to be fearless and England stuck to that for four years no blame attached to players who were aggressive and and trying the, take, to take the positive option and just a general kind of purpose and, and intent and aggression in their play which ultimately won in the World Cup. This was anything but. The New Zealanders again gave England the opportunity yesterday to, to be purposeful and intent, have intent and you know try and take the aggressive option. They didn't and that doesn't say a lot for me. It doesn't bode well as an omen, uh, as a kind of attitude for what, what will what they'll produce in, in future. They might get a, a Butler and a, a Stokes back in the side, yes, who will obviously bring a more positive approach, but I didn't like that kind of general dictum from from the top that it was sort of cautious, for safety first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it probably showed where England were in this test match or where England felt their batting was in this test match. They, just, they probably didn't feel they had the, had the confidence uh, to go for it. You, you mentioned you know, Bracey out for naught and Sibley, of course, Sibley was on a pair as well. Took him a while to, to get off the mark. And, and Lawrence, you know, he, he struggled in the first innings. Crawley didn't have a, a great first innings. Mind you, he didn't have a great second innings either. He was out in a very uh, similar way in the second innings to the first innings. I mean, it, does, it, it did look a pretty thin and inexperienced England batting lineup, and they, they probably saw you know Robinson at eight, and they just they just didn't have the confidence to, to chase it. I think that that it was as simple as that. And what you know, whatever, however you want to sh- to sugarcoat it, but I mean, the, the crowds are back. It, it I, I'm sure. I mean, they probably wouldn't look at it like this in the England dressing room because you know it's a you're in that dressing. You want to win, don't you? And if you if you can't win, you don't want to lose. So you know it's it's, it's painful to to lose a test match. You'll you'll feel that. You know we we are we are divorced from it. We're we're neutral. We're watching on. Uh, we, we we've got sort of the overall interest in the game in mind. Uh, we want to be entertained. We feel the crowd wants to be entertained. So we you know, we do look at it in a in a very different way from that England dressing room who have that, you know, never to be have that, that hard nosed approach. So, but so they didn't go for it. It was, it was disappointing and it, it did feel like a chance loss. And if, if they'd gone for it and lost by 15 runs, I mean, they would have got, there would have been a lot of good. I think there would have been a lot of good press this morning, wouldn't there? Wouldn't there? I mean, it, it, that would, that would have been the situation. I mean, it does, it also makes me think sometimes, you know, if that had been the last test of an Ashes series and the series, you know, England were two one up, and England had played like that on the final day. The crowd would be cheering every block, every dot ball, you know, every every bit of survival. So you know, it is about context. 
I suppose. Um, and the context yesterday was, come on, let's, let, let's, have, let's have a go. Let's be purposeful. Let's be positive. Let's at least threaten that target of 273. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, it was a bit like a football match where um, one team... Uh, the. One team says, right, we're going to just really attack and play yeah. lots of our um, players up front and we'll leave the defence quite exposed, um, you know, only two at the back or something. And, and England have the opportunity, therefore, to be attacking and purposeful themselves and there's not much of a defence to overtake or overcome. But they just they, they resort to just playing it, knocking the ball around in midfield and never taking a shot at goal. I mean, well, you're going, to, you're going to see a few matches in the European Championship like that. I think you know, some of the superior sides against some of the weaker sides, you know, you'll find that teams will, will get men behind the ball. You know, they'll have 10 men behind the ball and make it really difficult for, for some of the supposedly better sides. Yeah, but, in the but New Zealand didn't that, make that's... it difficult. They, they, they didn't have 10 men behind the ball. They, they only had two or three behind the ball. They encouraged England to go yeah. for the attack and have a few shots at goal, but England refused. I just, I don't know, it just sends out a really bad message. And... I, I'm not surprised that the crowd were, were annoyed because it was such an opportunity. To, Did, to, you know, why wouldn't you be positive? And they've learnt nothing. So, you know, next time that they're in a position like this, are they going to do the same thing? Because they've learnt nothing about whether a player like Sibley can change gear and try and help a team chase a target. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you worry about England's top order against Australia? In, in this, I mean, but, I mean, interesting this game, of course, both. Uh, Burns with that first innings hundred and Sibley uh, made runs, uh, but are they any further down the line in the development of their Test match careers? Especially if you if you talk about playing against India later this summer and playing against Australia in the winter. Not really, no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, India will be a, a good test because they've got some good pace bowlers. Yeah. So you know, absolutely. By the way, it's funny. I I um. It's funny, I was watching um, Kyle Jameson bowl yesterday. I just had complete visions of Garth LaRue playing mm. for Sussex against, uh, against Middlesex and others. He looks exactly the same. He's got this sort of long run. He's tall. He's got blonde hair. He's, he's big, obviously. And he's he sort of got this big galloping stride to the wicket and a big sort of quite slingy action. And it just reminded me of Garth LaRue and Imran Khan bowling at, at Hove, which was the most terrifying experience because you were side on to yeah. the ground as I was yesterday uh, in the in the hospitality area and side on it just makes it look so much worse because the, the keeper's so far back taking it over his head and uh, yeah he's not as quick as Garth Larue but anyway uh, that, that was just an aside no I, I mean Rory Burns and and Dominic Sibley don't excite me really I mean if we are thinking how are we going to beat India how are we going to beat Australia they don't look like the answer to me. I I, I quite like Burns. I, I I do think he's he's got something. Sibley to me just feels like a he just feels like a blocker, and mm. I know you've got to set foundations and build scores and and scoreboard pressure. So maybe he's the best of an ordinary bunch. But mm. I prefer. I mean, I'd love to see Hamid have a go I, I, at some point. Because he's got some shots as well, and he's got some gears, and I think you need that. Yeah, although he was—I mean, he was described as baby boycott, wasn't he, when he first came into the England Test match side? But, he did, but I mean, he look—if did... you bowl outside off stump to Dominic Sibley, he's not going to score, really. Mm. You know, he's so good off you... his pads. He's very good off his pads, and he's very yeah. uh, sort of efficient. But you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. The, one of the worries is, I suppose, that that you know, in a, in a 
in a big test, say say in Australia, is that Sibley is able to dig in. But but if England don't go anywhere by the time the the second new ball comes around, you know, say they're say they're one hundred and eighty for three, and you think, oh, that's a reasonable day. But then that last half an hour, Australia take the new ball and they knock out two wickets, and that close your two hundred for five, and you sort of, you've almost gone nowhere. Mm. So that I think that that is sort of one of the concerns. Um, but they they got they've had players in this test match in the middle order you know who couldn't stay in at all you know who you know were wafting and 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 getting caught you know that mm. the skill of course is to get the balance right between the two isn't it between you know, careful defence and judicious attack and that that is the challenge of course for for all uh, batters at, at, at test match level and you know someone like Root and Stokes of course are able to to find that balance because they they are high class players whereas you know some of the others are limited or they are t- too attacking perhaps their defence is is not strong enough it's it's why um, I and probably you and probably a lot of people think that India and Australia will be huge tests and and presumably Ed- Edgbaston as well will be huge tests for this England team uh, this year You know, I used to be a coffee addict. Couldn't function without two double-strength lattes in the morning and another to follow, especially if I was going to the gym or on a cycle. It played havoc with my nervous system. Since I've discovered Mission Teas, that's all changed. I feel energised, but not hyperactive. Mission was founded by Tom Whittle on a nine-month ride through South America. His experience was transformed by the amazing properties of Argentinian teas based round the herbs Yerba Mate and Matcha, renowned for their slow release of energy, and Roibosch, famous for its anti-inflammatory effects. Mission now produce a range of herbal teas specially designed for hydration, energy boosts, relaxation and even sleep. Numerous GB sports stars swear by them, including a number of the England cricket team and some famous footballers too. Mission teas are not only genuinely beneficial, but they're actually delicious and don't leave you with stale coffee breath or constantly needing the toilet. Honestly, I feel totally upbeat, whether in the gym, coaching the kids or recording this podcast, and I'm sleeping better as well. I highly recommend you try some. Mission are offering listeners of this podcast 20% off your first order if you go to missionuk.com and type in the code CRICKETER20, all one word, at checkout. So that's missionuk.com. Use the code CRICKETER20 and enjoy. And now they're, they're taking the field in the second test without Ollie Robinson, who was one of the, one of the positives on the field uh, from that first test. I was really impressed with his bowling and his attitude and his approach to trying to take wickets and also his batting, actually. Um, and he's got something, he's got a sort of, he's got some aggression, hasn't he, about him as a bowler. You know, he sort of gives the batsman a bit of a glare and all that. I mean, it's, it's good to see, but he's not going to be playing in the second test because... He's now been suspended for these uh, historical tweets while they conduct an investigation. I, I feel disappointed about that. I, I think it's uh, over the top the um, decision to suspend him. I, I, you know, I don't condone what he wrote, but uh, like we said the other day, it was nine years ago. He was playing second team. I've just had a look at his uh, career, and he was playing second team cricket for Kent at the time. And, uh, you know, places like Beckenham and little club grounds. He was 18. I, I've done things when I was 18 that I'm glad people can't dig up. Uh, it was so long ago. There wasn't such a thing as social media or Instagram or whatever. I mean, 
I, I, there's things in books I've written, you know, from that era, which would never be allowed now. Never. And I just feel so sorry for him, really, because he's, he's, he's had to, he's been, you know, dragged through the ringer already in terms of having to apologise for them and um, confronting the media and, and looking very remorseful. And he's tried to, to reform his character, uh, clearly, over the last few years, having had a few issues. And, and, and obviously he's come out of that very well and he's an accomplished cricketer now. I, I feel so sorry for the, the, the situation that it's all come about because some sort of Twitter expert or digger, you know, has, has, has found these tweets and, and, and awaited until the moment of, of a maximum impact to, to revisit them on the world. And it just seems, the whole episode seems really quite unseemly. It seems it started at 12.31, precisely at 12.31, because we, we, can, we can see the tweet from a, a, an Australian sort of Twitter controversialist who's a, a cricket interested. And he, He's a stirrer, that's what he is. He, he put the tweet out there at 12.31 uh, last Wednesday saying something along the lines, you might want to have a look at Ollie Robinson's uh, tweet history. That, that's how it started. Of course, once that is in the public domain, once someone, you know, once someone's sets the hair running then you know inevitably the the foxes will start chasing let's hear so robin robinson is is suspended let's hear england coach chris silverwood who's been speaking to the media about the robinson situation you said there obviously that the you know, responsibility comes with the positions you guys are in when he, when he did this he was obviously an 18 year old who didn't have a professional contract at the time do you think that there should be some degree of leniency or understanding because it was so long ago and it was before he perhaps did have the responsibilities that come with the positions you guys are in? Obviously, we are in that position now. Uh, and I, I'm going to go straight back to, you know, I mean, the education process around this. So actually, we can make the place a better place. Uh, we can make a difference. And I think we do hold positions where, you know, we can try and do that and we can continually strive to do that. Um, you know, we all get things wrong at times. It's what we're doing, it's how we act about it, and you know, I mean, what we're going to do about it. And that, that's where the education comes in. Uh, and you know, I mean, the will for us as a group, uh, as professional cricket, as a staff, to make it an inclusive environment. You know, I mean, and we need to learn how to do that, and uh, you know, I mean, how to obviously make this game available to everybody. Was it you who had to break the news to him when he came off the field on Wednesday that these tweets had been uh, uncovered? Uh, I did, yeah. I mean, that's my responsibility in the dressing room. Uh, obviously, I brought the news to Ollie. Uh, and when I brought the news to the team as well. I think that's my responsibility to do that. How, how was he when he when he realised you know such a big day had been had been ruined? Obviously, devastated as you would be. Um, I would say devastated, embarrassed, uh, and you know, I mean very remorseful is the, the word that I would use. And like I say, he was very you know I mean quick to take on board what had happened. Um, and equally, you know, I mean, apologised wholeheartedly to the dressing room and obviously came out and apologised uh, to the rest of the world as well, which he had to do. He had to face into this. And finally on this, Chris, do, do you think, um, you know, I have seen it said that maybe he shouldn't have a test future at all after this. Do you think that's that's too harsh? Uh, well, obviously, well, the investigation is going to happen and I think any decisions will be made after that. Let's, find, let's see what they find first. Well, that was England coach Chris Silverwood uh, speaking to the media after the, the Lords Test match. Robinson uh, suspended for now. Paul Newman of the Daily Mail there uh, asking the questions in the segment that we heard. 
my take on it, as you know, yours, we discussed this the other evening on the podcast, is is very different from yours. Um, my feeling is if you allow him to play at Edgbaston, the ECB is saying that, that what he wrote is not as serious as they said it was on Wednesday evening, and it's just sort of easily forgiven. Of course, ultimately, it should be forgiven and will be because it's it's right that people have the chance to, to make amends and change. But if you do allow him to play, then the message, I think, to the diverse communities the ECB is trying to to encourage as well we don't take it so seriously that we leave a player out if we if we want to win a test match i mean some people have said he's being scapegoated well he did write those tweets as an adult and yeah he did write them and if i i I can't help i mean you you say as an adult i mean you know i know sort of in definition terms 18 is an adult but you're not really an adult at 18 sorry not. Okay. And you're not well, an adult until you're 21 in America. Okay. Well, he wrote them as he wrote them as an adult in England and in the UK. He did write them, and perhaps if it takes something like this to concentrate everyone's minds, then so be it. I mean, Joe Root has described the tweets as not acceptable. Robinson himself apologised and is very re- remorseful. So either you know he's just saying that because he had to, or he realised what he's done is wrong. In which case, his position in the team uh, for now is untenable. While it's all sorted out. I've had a lot of people on my Twitter timeline in the last 24 hours saying it's ridiculous, it's disgusting and they're not referring to what Robinson tweeted mind you, they're saying that he's being left out well why don't we start with what he wrote and try to accept that it was offensive um, I've also had someone who said he, you know, he doesn't know anyone who was offended, well I do I've spoken to people who've been offended so you know th- th- there, is, there is two sides to the story and that, that is the other side. So what, what, what do England do? Yours. What do England do? Um, they no no uh, Robinson. Ha- well, I think I hope they uh, hurry up and get the investigation finished so that it doesn't mm. dog him for too long. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the fair first enough. thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, t- I totally agree with that. Let, let's sort it out. Let's sort it out quickly. But he's not going to play at Edgbaston. So who is going to play at Edgbaston? Does, does does Overton come in? Does do England play a a spinner at Edgbaston? The, I mean, the ball has turned at Edgbaston uh, in the past. I mean, you have to if, if it's if it's dry going into the test match and the forecast is good, I mean, I, I felt there should have been a, you know, and there would have been probably a spinner playing at, uh, at Lords if England had that balance to the team because they just didn't have the balance because they had no all-rounder in the side and it was a difficult team to select. Yeah, I mean, I'd have um, Ollie Stone. I'd give Ollie Stone a game. I, I think Mark Wood did really well and that's not a, 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 a blight on him to leave him out. I just want to see Ollie Stone uh, and give him a real go. Uh, because I, I, I'm gloomy about Jofra Archer's prospects uh, in, in, in ultimately. Uh, so, you know, they're going to need as much pace as they can find for, for future challenges. Craig Overton can come in for Ollie Robinson. That's almost an automatic replacement, and he's a bit a better batter. So if you have him, that encourages the opportunity to play a spinner because you could bat. Uh, Overton does, you know, make the, the batting a little bit stronger. So you can have four bowlers, one of them being um, Jack Leach. So, so what's your attack? Leach, Overton. Yeah. Well, Anderson, Anderson Broad. Um, I'd probably go so with leave one of Anderson or Broad out. Would you? You'd leave, you'd leave Stuart Brunner. I, I think hmm. I probably. I, I think I might do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. I mean, I, it's a shame because if you had Overton and Robinson in the same side, you could probably bat them seven and eight. Bat Overton at seven, Robertson at eight, and then you could play five bowlers. But with only um, with yeah. no Robinson, I, 
it's it's kind of you know I don't think you can bat Overton at, at, at seven, and then the the, the non batters after that, the four bowlers who don't really bat. So I think Overton has to bat at eight, and which, which means you can only probably yeah. have four bowlers. But I'd just like to have one of those bowlers yeah. being... I mean, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, Joe Root at the, the toss said, you know, it's not been an easy team to pick and, and you have to have some sympathy with the players they had available to, to try to find some sort of balance uh, to their attack at Lords. And, and I thought the, the, the pitch cried out for a, a top-class spinner. I'd like to have seen a top-class spinner or two bowling on that surface uh, during the match. I think they would... What about you well, then? Who would you pick? I, obviously, you look at the surface first. You've got to look at the surface. And so I, I'd like to see Leach play. I, I, I really would, as long as you think it's going to spin. Because I think he could, he could cause one or two problems. You, Overton presumably uh, comes in as a sort of like-for-like replacement for Ollie Robinson. I mean, it, it seems like a like-for-like replacement, unless they just say, well, it's, it's Leach for... Leach for Robinson because we want Broad and Anderson to play. But what, what did you make of Broad and Anderson in, in that test match? I mean, Broad's first innings, 27 overs, 0 for 79. Second innings, tw- I thought 12 he overs, really 1 for well, 34. Actually. I thought he was and really unlucky. Anderson, 28 overs, 2 for 83. And then 15 overs, 0 for 44. So between them in the match, they took three yeah. wickets. Mm. I thought Broad was quite unlucky, uh, especially in the first innings. I thought he deserved... At least a couple of wickets, he bowled well. Um, Anderson was just... It was, there, there wasn't a lot there for him, actually. Uh, there wasn't much swing. It was more seam, wasn't it, generally? Well, sadly, um, took... I, I wasn't... They were they were OK. I mean, they, they weren't... They didn't bowl badly, I don't think, particularly. They could have got wickets. It just happened to go with Robinson and Wood to, who got the wickets rather than Anderson and Broad this time. So I, I wouldn't read too much into it, really. Yeah, OK, but you're playing, you're playing Stone... Uh, in place of one, in place of who? Yeah, Stuart Broad. And, in place of Wood. Place of Wood. In place okay. of Wood for this game. And you're yeah. you're bringing in. A... And I'll have I'll I'll keep Jimmy in, um, and and I'll have Overton and as the third Leech seamer, spinner. and then Jack so Leach as the fourth. So as Robinson and Broad out for you. Is that is that how you're looking at it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, whoever is going to be left out is going to be feeling a bit sore, I suppose, because it, it, it's so difficult to to select this England side. I mean, what a, what about the presumably mm. there is there's Hamid is is in the the backup party, and there is Billings in the backup party as well, or in the squad. Does the batting just stay mm. the same? You just say on you go, or yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. so that yeah, yeah, at the it's moment, a simple yeah. case of that. Yeah, well, there we go. And of course, the other thing about, say, Anderson and Broad, if they did play together, then they, you know, they're not going to be playing again in a in a Test match for well until early August, are they? Mm. That's that's the next Test match. There's a big gap between now and then. The, the focus is going to be on white ball cricket. I mean, people say, well, it's back to back Test matches, but uh, England didn't bowl much yesterday. Three full days before the next game and then after that there's a, there's a rest for a month or so whatever it is they'll be ticking over of course they will because they, they have to um, and then obviously later in the summer England get their well, it'll be a lot well, easier well, won't it later get their in the main summer players because back as well. yeah. you can balance yeah, attack much, much easier better. to balance the attack yeah. when, uh, when, when India are here what sort of um, state are New Zealand in do you think going into the World Test Championship Final was it? Did they get a lot more out of the game than England? Do you think? Yeah, I think they did. Well, they certainly discovered mm. a, an opening batsman, didn't they? In Devon Conway, uh, who was exemplary, and England only got him out by via a run out. And I just thought he was superb. 
um, they showed why they are in the top two test nations by playing very solid but purposeful cricket with the bat and having good variety and persistence with the ball. Tim Southey, excellent. He'll, uh, I'm sure, welcome back his opening partner, Trent Bolt, either at Edgbaston. I saw him bowling in the nets at Lords yeah. yesterday and uh, I'm sure he'll be back. I wouldn't be surprised to be back at Edgbaston. And that's a, a really good opening attack. And I actually really liked the way Kyle Jameson approached it as well, uh, even though he did look a, a, like a slower version of Garth LaRue. He does look a good bowler, actually, who, who is, is improving all the time. And on a pitch where there is a little bit there, he's going to be a handful. Mm. Then they've got Neil Wagner. The one weakness is their spin. Mm. You know, I, I, I really don't think, um, as we said at the start, uh, Mitch Santner's an international class test spinner. He's good in one-day cricket, but he doesn't look threatening in test cricket, really. So I suppose that's their one issue. If the pitch turns at uh, the Aegeus Bowl for the World Test Championship final, um, they haven't really got anyone to, to exploit it. So... I, I hope for their sake that it's more of a, a flat pitch and that just gives India the edge, uh, I would say, mm. looking at the, the World Test Championship final. New Zealand will have experienced these conditions um, more than India because of the two tests they're playing, but India have the, the aces in the spin department. So I just think India are favourites mm. for that yeah. for that match. But as we know, you, you mustn't, underestimate New Zealand no. they'll come up with something Kane Williamson had a difficult match uh, with the bat Ross Taylor's not in great form so they, they have got one or two issues that, yeah. that was masked by uh, Devon Conway's 200 in the first True. innings uh, Williamson what one and 13 in the game and then Taylor looked a bit out of sorts and in, I mean uh, to be yeah. fair he, yesterday morning he came out and played you know he played some shots which alerted us to the fact that New Zealand were you know, on the charge and looking looking for a declaration. But I actually might think about moving Ross Taylor down the order. I think uh, he looks he looks a bit exposed at number four, mm. and the way Henry Nichols is playing, I'd I'd put him up to number four and move Taylor down a bit. Well, that's something they could do. Right, Edgbaston uh, in three days' time. I, I think uh, the, the Laws Test match. Uh, what did you call it? Unsatisfactory or un, unsatisfying? I think it, there's sort of an element of that, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, it might have been a, missed opportunity. Yeah, missed opportunity. It might have been a an interesting game as well, a far more interesting game as well. If we hadn't had all that rain on the the third day, so, I mean that that knocked out. You know, it made sort of the teams force the result rather than allow the result to come naturally, which which would have been interesting then. I think if 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 um mm. if that happened in, in on the last yeah. day, they've had, probably would have had to bat for a day and a half a day or something like that. Four yeah. sessions in that in that final innings, and then mm. there was the the Robinson affair. So there were there were lots yeah. of negatives. There were a few. There were some pluses. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's left some sort of slightly sour taste in the mouth, hasn't it? it has. And I'm sure we'll get more reaction. Uh, on this on Wednesday night in the Virtual Cricket Club because we're being joined by yours and my colleague Michael Vaughan to give us his thoughts on cricket and life generally. Uh, you can join us uh, by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com. It's all in aid of the Cricketers Trust, the Professional Cricketers Trust, the charity that supports players who've fallen on hard times or need support in some way. I wonder if Ollie Robinson might uh, apply for a little bit of... Uh, mental health support. I hope he's okay, actually, because he's really been through the mill this week and I really think um, he, he could do with some support of some kind. Uh, for, I'm sure he'll be getting it. Anyway, so you can join us at worldsbestcricketclub.com 
for Wednesday night with Michael Vaughan. Look forward to seeing you there and we'll be back for the next podcast after the first day's play for Major Preston on Thursday. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.